everyone, and welcome to the inaugural episode of the Harsh Vocals Podcast. We are your co-hosts. I'm Justin Corbett, and Christian Renner is here with me. How is everybody doing? I'm doing pretty good. How are you, Christian? Yeah, I'm not bad. So this is our first episode. Typically, we would start the show with uh, a format and whatnot, but since we are starting early January, uh, we're going to go ahead and cover our best of lists from 2023 to begin with. Before we get into that, let's talk a little bit about who we are and what HarshVocals.com is about and uh, what brought all of this together. So as I said before, my name is Justin Corbett. I've been podcasting for about 10 years now. Uh, I've done podcasts in the realm of comedy, podcasts in the realm of comic books, and I've been a lifelong heavy metal fan. And so I've always wanted to do a heavy metal podcast. I've been on many heavy metal podcasts. We're very close friends with the guys over at MSR cast and metal geeks. And uh, I know Christian has a few others that he's been on. Um, so we've talked about metal many, many times, but never on our own platform. So something I wanted to do for 2024 was create my own website where I could blog about music, write reviews about albums that I find throughout the year that I enjoy, and then talk about it with Christian because of all of our friends in our metal group, um, he and I probably have the closest aligned opinions about music. We're both big fans of harsh vocals in general, uh, black metal, dark metal, and all of its various forms, extreme metal. That's not to say that we won't occasionally give props to a really good power metal album or a really good, you know, doom metal album or something like that. But typically that's not our jam, you know? So if we, if we do give props to that, then it's going to be something exceptional. So Christian, why don't you tell them a little bit about yourself and uh, what brought you around to doing this with me? Yeah. I mean, I've thought about actually doing a podcast on my own for quite a while and, but getting it off the ground's not exactly super easy. And, you know, I don't, I don't have any history. I, I don't have any experience in this. And so like when you asked, I was like, hell yeah, I'll, I'll do it. Uh, I'm in. Uh, somebody that actually knows what they're doing can, uh, you know, guide this whole thing. And yeah, I've got the, the technical know-how, but honestly, I think your metal knowledge probably runs deeper than mine. I, I, I think it may be more varied. Oh, it's definitely more varied. And if, I, uh, <laughs> if I do have more knowledge, it's simply age. I'm an old dude. So, uh, you know, I'm in my 50s now. That's hard to believe. Uh, you don't look it though. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I, I mean, I got into metal when, um, when I was about 10, 11 years old, something like that. Uh, mm -hmm. I mean, the very first uh, heavy metal album that I bought on my own was the new album from ACDC called Back in Black. Oh, wow. Uh, with their new singer, <laughs> you know, and I, I, yeah. I went to the store and I bought the cassette and uh, I was like, oh, well, well, what is this all about? And I wore the hell out of that tape. And uh, just so everybody knows, back then, they were considered metal. Uh, Van Halen was metal. Rush was progressive metal. I mean, these were all metal bands that, you know, nowadays you would probably consider them strictly hard rock, not metal. But back then they were metal. So that's definitely a great topic for discussion uh, for maybe a future episode. Like, where is that line for deciding between whether it's something is hard rock or heavy metal? Because, you know, there's still huge groups of people on the Internet that consider all those bands you just mentioned to be heavy metal. And I think they fall within that realm, even if they aren't quite as hard as some of the modern stuff we listen to. Actually, I think that line is drawn by age. Yeah, I like, can see that. People too. age would still consider that metal. Like I, I would still consider Van Halen metal. Uh, I mean, the soaring guitar solos and, you know, the, the more aggressive nature to the music. That was always uh, something about metal, you know, when Black Sabbath. And I'm one of the people that will uh, say that 
Black Sabbath kind of invented heavy metal. You know, they, they were the first ones with the, well, can't really say first ones, but they were the first popular band to down tune the guitars and, mm-hmm. you know, what they call the devil's triad there, you know, in the, in the sound that they created power chords and stuff and uh, soaring guitar solos and stuff. Uh, they were one of the first to do it. And then, you know, other bands kind of took it from there, you know, Iron Maiden and Judas Priest in the seventies. And nobody would ever say that Iron Maiden is not metal. No, and, no. You know, they, they were in the seventies too. So, you know, a lot of that stuff was before my time. Unfortunately, I'm not exactly young. I was born in 1982, but I came into metal around the time I was 12 or so. And I think I started out really with sort of like thrash Pantera Metallica kind of stuff. And then, you know, moved into industrial and then slowly worked my way towards more and more extreme until, you know, I ended up liking Norwegian black metal and whatnot. But uh, a lot of the stuff from before my time, Judas Priest, Black Sabbath, Iron Maiden, I just have never really been able to connect with the way that so many other people seem to. And I think it's just because of the clean vocals. Like, I mean, even though I started out listening to growly James Hetfield and, (laughs) you know, whatnot, I mean, I've always been gravitated more towards harsher, angrier sounding vocals. And so with clean vocals, I'm very, very particular about it. It has to sound right to my ear. The person singing them has to actually be able to sing. Um, I do like a lot of interspersed, like clean female vocals with really, really heavy, harsh vocals. But those old guys, uh, for some reason, I just never have clicked with. Like, I have so many friends that are huge Iron Maiden fans, so many friends that are huge Judas Priest fans. And I mean, I, I will freely admit Iron Maiden is my favorite band of all time. Always will be. It will. It, that will never change. But but you grew up you with know, it. You grew up yeah, with it. And, and I, I didn't. It, that's and that's the, thing. that's the big yeah. difference. Yeah. There wasn't really harsh vocals per se. You know, when I first got into heavy metal, mm-hmm. uh, if you had harsh vocals, the reason you had harsh vocals was because you couldn't sing. <laughs> yeah. um, and the, you know that that was just the case. That you know, like I, I think the very first time that I actually you know came across an album that was you know harsh vocally. Uh, was uh, Venom. Yeah. And, you, you know, and I just thought, I still actually think that that album's <laughs> terrible. I, I, I don't understand <laughs> the love that album gets, but, yeah, you know, that's, as, that's a whole different thing. Uh, but but I, I'm, I'm with you on that. I mean, I like, I, as much as I love the harsh vocals, I've never understood the the love for Venom either. I, I get the the things that it inspired because there are a lot of things on that first album that you can hear their influence on other albums but Venom as a band itself, I'm just not a big fan of. Yeah. And I mean, you know, it, it took me a little bit to get into stuff like Motorhead even, you know, because of the harsher kind of style. I mean, we had talked about doing a separate podcast about how we got into the harsh vocals. Yeah. And, uh, so and I, I, will. I won't go into great detail, but uh, it took me a while. It, it definitely took me a while. It took me to the, you know, mid to late 90s to really... Like, I was like, holy shit. That's about when I made my transition as well. Um, I remember the very first time I heard In Flames Clayman and what a eye opener that was for me. Uh, <laughs> I mean, it, it was yeah. it was one of those albums that just completely changed my life. I mean, I'm not a huge In Flames fan with their modern day stuff, although their latest album was pretty solid. But the classic In Flames stuff like that was my bread and butter in the, the late 90s. And uh, it was definitely my big transition for uh, to heavier metal, heavier vocals <laughs> yeah it, it they were definitely one of the ones that got me along with opeth and dark tranquility and love dark tranquility um, yeah a lot of that you know gothenburg death metal i i got really really into that 
and we're still seeing influences of that style of music today. I mean, there's been some amazing mellow death albums that have come out in the last few months that were heavily inspired by that Gothenburg sound. And it's just incredible that still almost 30 years later, they're still having that kind of impact. You know, heavy metal is so varied. Mm -hmm. And I, I think that's what I love about it is like, you can listen to 10 albums and all 10 of them will be heavy metal, but they all sound different. Yep. <laughs> uh, like you, you can't turn around and say, yeah, I, I hear a lot of similarities between Halloween and mayhem. No, you don't. <laughs> no, no, you well, don't. Well, unless you're the, <laughs> the singer from Mudvayne, um, cause he thinks all modern yeah, metal sounds the same. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, the, but there's just the, the vast variety of it. And I, I think that's what I love about it so much. And I absolutely love coming across something new and even more so if it's like all of a sudden genre defining yeah. or all of a sudden they're, they're kicking off something completely different. I mean, yeah, let's, let's talk about that uh, for just a second. A, just foreshadowing. So, <laughs> so uh, Christian and I, we, we've been friends for almost what, three or four years now. Part of yeah, part of a metal group that evolved from Kerry Gordon over at MSR Cast. He's connected with tons of other metal podcasters and writers, and uh, we all promote albums we find that are really good to everybody in the group, and we talk about them. But Christian and I, as I said before, are very aligned in our tastes. So he and I have developed a friendship outside of that group, and we talk about the heavy stuff as it comes out. And um, for the last three or four years, Christian and I both tried really hard to listen to almost everything that's come out. Um, every single week, we update a. Spotify playlist with all the new albums that come out and we go through them and we create a separate Spotify playlist of the ones that are worth considering contention for our end of the year list. And 2023, I did the same thing as I always do. Um, I started out with about 300 albums in my consideration list because there was just that much good stuff that came out this year. It's been like a landmark year for metal, just tons and tons of quality releases. And, uh, Pairing that down to 60 or so albums that were good enough to actually be in contention for the my top 10 and then pairing that down to 10 was a real challenge. And I know Christian has been struggling with that for the last few days, too, in preparation for this podcast. Just trying to get it to one through 10. Like if you ask me tomorrow, my number one might be completely different. Yeah. And <laughs> so I, I, I ended up doing my top 10 by which ones did I enjoy the most? Mm -hmm. Not necessarily. Was it the best album that come out this year? Just that whole, you know, like when you get that sense of, damn, this is good, you know, and then you just can't break it. It's a, it's a constant search to find those albums that are mind blowing. I mean, uh, if you're lucky, you find one or two a year that just completely grab hold of you and don't let go. And yeah, you know, I found a couple this year. So I, I feel like I was very privileged last year. There was only one year before that. I don't think there was any, um, so it doesn't even happen every year, but once in a while you come across something that's just magical and, and you can't let go of it. And I mean, your number one this year is a perfect example of that. Uh, your number one would have easily made my top 10 if I had heard it earlier, Yeah, but <laughs> I just don't have enough, you know, and that's the thing. Uh, I didn't hear it until you mentioned it. And I was like, Oh shit, this is really good. But at that point is like, I'm not, I'm not moving stuff out of my list again. That's just not going to happen. But you know, like it could easily be in my top 10 if I'd heard it earlier. Yeah. And that's the thing, like uh, as much as we try to listen to everything and we do listen to thousands of albums every year, we can't hear everything. I mean, it's just impossible. Yeah. There's too many releases. So I love the end of the year because every major metal site puts out their best of list. Every friend I have puts out their best of lists. You know, there's just top 10, top 20, top 50 lists everywhere. 
And so you get the opportunity because there's not that much being released between December 15th and January 15th to dig through everybody else's list and see what you missed that was good enough to make their list. And so I always make a few discoveries that are just excellent that I just have to kind of include as an honorable mention, because again, like Christian said, if I had more time with it, it might've made it onto my list, but because uh, I didn't hear it, it couldn't. So without, without any further ado, let's actually get into our top 10 lists. If you want to check out both of ours, they're going to be available on harshvocals.com as articles as well. My article actually shows my top 30 and there's a link to my Spotify playlist. If you want to check it out, Christian, I think you're working on a similar article for yours. Uh, so people can I'll write it check up out your stuff probably too. tomorrow. Cool. So it'll be up probably around the time this episode drops. So if you want to check out either of our top 10, top 30 lists, head over to harshvocals.com. So Christian, uh, let's start with you. What was your number 10 album of the year for 2023? Uh, well, this is going to be kind of not exactly harsh vocals podcast worthy, but uh, <laughs> Sacred Outcry, uh, Towers of Gold. It's a power metal album. But another one of our friends, Sean from MSR Cast, if I remember right, this here's his number one record of the year. And, I believe it is. Uh, yeah, it's a fantastic power metal album. I'm 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 saying to the point where it could possibly be one of the best power metal albums come out in the last few years. It is that good. Just the level of writing on there. The songs are fantastic. Everything about it is just top tier. And uh, yeah, I, I love that record. It, it's really, really good. Yeah, I've seen it actually on a few of our friends' top lists, um, including our friends over at the Metal Exchange podcast. I think both of them really appreciate it as well. And if you're, uh, if you're more into progressive and power metal, they're definitely a good show to check out. Um, they're kind of the opposite of what we are. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the, uh, there, there are a couple of people in our group that are just not fans of the harsh vocal style. So Right. They like the clean singing, which is not what we're about. Nah. <laughs> well, that's cool. I, I, don't, I don't think I checked that album out, but um, I will now that I've seen it on so many lists and, and you liked it as well. Typically, power metal is really hit or miss for me. But uh, I'll give it a shot. Why not? Like you said, with the clean singing, it has to be really well done. And um, Jesus, I can't remember the guy's name. But man, his his vocals are fantastic. Absolutely fantastic. Cool. I'll give it a shot. Uh, moving on to my number 10. It was King, Fury and Death. So the band King is out of Australia. Um, they're a m- melodic black metal with death metal influences. The way I've been describing this album to anyone that will listen is that it is basically like if Classic Immortal, pre-Aboth Leaving, uh, recorded a modern metal album and had higher production value on it. <laughs> yeah, add a little bit more mellow death into it. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's, it's a great record. It's a great record. Yeah, it's, it's really, really fun. Just dark and cold and grim. And I mean, that stuff's fun to me. Maybe not everybody, but <laughs> uh, lots of blast beats, lots of traditional immortal sound built into an out al- an album made by a band that is not immortal so yeah and I really fantastic on vinyl fantastic yes, on it vinyl. Is. i think that's one we both own yeah yeah <laughs> i bought it uh okay so what's your number nine christian my tr- my number nine will be i hope i say this right triglav the ritual just a just a great record you know it has you know like what you were talking about with king you know that dark cold kind of sound to it and uh, yeah, it's another one that's fantastic for vinyl. I, well, just about everything is 
on this list is fantastic for, for vinyl, but great album all the way uh, start to finish. Great album all the way through. Yeah, it's my it's actually my number nine as well. It's a Croatian guy named uh, Boris Bahara, and it's his solo project. Um, it was formed in 2018. The first album was called Night of the Whispering Souls, which I did hear back in 2019 when it was released. And it ended up on my consideration list for that year, although it didn't actually make it into my top 25. Um, it was good enough to at least be considered. So when the new album came out, The Ritual, I got to say, like, he's really just stepped it up. I mean, the album is just it rips, <laughs> as the kids say. Uh, it's super fast, super intense, just an all around great black and death metal album, great black and death metal project. If you haven't heard Triglav, you got to seek him out and give this album a listen because it's it's really, really good. It's definitely one that slipped under a lot of people's radars. I think that happens a lot with one-man projects. Um, I feel like, in general, the metal reviewing community kind of dismisses one-man projects. There's something about the fact that there's not multiple musicians involved that makes them not pay attention to those albums, which is a shame, because although there is a glut of them, there's a lot that are absolutely phenomenal. And actually, I would say that you know there seems to be a lot more one-man projects in black metal. Yeah, for sure. And uh, it, it just shows the the power of the internet that you can put this out and you can do this all on your own if you really have something to say. Mm-hmm. Honestly, I think the uh, the explosion on how good black metal has been over the last three to five years, roughly, is because of that. Uh, a lot of the one man project stuff coming out, like you, you don't necessarily have to tour or whatever, and you can still kick something out. Yeah. Well, nowadays, I mean, recording equipment is just so affordable. You know, you can basically build your own yeah. studio in your house for a few hundred bucks. And then if you're a talented enough writer and you can compose it all yourself and play all the instruments yourself, why not? You know, just go for yeah. it. Yeah. And I mean, a lot of them do. And I would say probably 75% are just okay. But then there's those 25% that are just excellent musicians and excellent songwriters on top of that. And I love finding those projects. I mean, I know for a fact, I have two of them in my top 10 list. So yeah, I got, I got a couple. (laughs) Don't discount the solo projects, guys. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) All right. Well, that seems like a good place to play our first song. Uh, This is going to be Triglav's The Redemption off of their album, The Ritual. Here you go.
And we're back. So hope you enjoyed that. That was Traglav's The Redemption off the Ritual album. That is Christians in my number nine album of the year for both of us. So definitely go check it out if you like what you heard. Let's move on. Christian, what's your number eight for the year for 2023? All right. Earlier, I mentioned that, you know, I'm a big fan of like genre defining stuff or somebody that's coming out with something new. And uh, although this band is not new, uh, this here is the first time I had heard of them. And my number eight is going to be Wayfarer American Gothic. And what they do differently that, I mean, they have this whole Western feel, almost country music stuff that they mix in with their black metal. And, you know, on the face of it, if you just heard that, you would just be like, there's no way that's going to work. There's no way. And then you hear it and you're like, holy shit, this yeah. works. It's like, I don't exactly know how they managed to do this because it, it really shouldn't work. It's just a testament uh, to how talented they are and how innovative they are. I mean, Wayfair has been around for several years now, I think five or six years. Um, they're based based out of Colorado. Yeah. This was actually my number 13 album, um, if we're going to get into the nitty gritty. But uh, the first time I heard it, I was blown away as well. So yeah, they do like a Wild West theme style of black metal on this album, which is something I had never heard before. And it's really unique and it's really kind of charming in a way, just because of how um, nuanced it is. Um, There's a lot of cool sounds that should not work together that do work together. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I, there was another band that that came out last year. The name escapes me now, but they, they had this Western kind of theme too, but it was always an intro. Mm, Okay. Or, you know, a, uh, you know, a small passage in between songs or something that was very Western inspired or whatever, but the songs themselves were not. And Wayfair mixes all that in. And yeah, I'm, I'm just shocked. It works as well as it does. Yeah, it, it was one of those that was in really solid contention for top 10 for me. Um, I love the album. I bought it on vinyl as well. I play it all the time. Uh, there were so many things that were just just slightly, slightly better. It's one of those things where it's just like yeah. the smallest margin and I can only fit 10 albums in. So it's tough. And you know, that, that that's something else too. You know, when I take a look at all these uh, end of year lists, I, I never sit there and go, Jesus Christ, what the fuck are they smoking? Yeah. <laughs> because I'm, I'm just like, yeah, I can see that. Yeah, I can see that. I mean, it may not made mine, but just about everything was definitely in contention or, you know, right there. Taste is subjective, man. Yeah, you you don't have, like, I I could not argue with somebody, you know, unless it's something, you know, like when, whenever Rolling Stone puts out a best of the metal. Oh, God, Loudwire and Rolling Stone have no idea what they're talking about. It's just like, oh, here's a bunch of bands that aren't really metal that we think are the best metal bands of the year. It's like Foo Fighters isn't metal. Foo Fighters is rock. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, same thing with the new Metallica album. I, I don't think the new Metallica album is terrible, but it it's a hard rock record at, at most. So. It's pretty good for a, a modern Metallica album. I, I mean, yeah, yeah. it's it's not the best album of the year, not even close. Like, yeah, I mean, it's I mean, not even, even that in week, my top 50. Yeah, even that <laughs> it wasn't week, even the best release that week. Yeah, uh, that week Overkill <laughs> released their new album. And I, I, I would contend that Overkill album smokes that Metallica album, but I completely th- agree. And I, I, I'm, I'm not trying to shit on it because it is actually good and, and it is easily mm-hmm. the best thing that they've probably done in 10 years. But the problem with a lot of the legacy bands, uh, they have the same problem. Just because you can put 80 minutes of music on a CD doesn't mean you should. And that album is bloated. Uh, the same thing with the new Megadeth album. It's bloated. It has some good songs, but man, you take 15, 20 minutes off of each one of those albums. They're infinitely better. Yeah. 
bloat is a big problem for a, not just the legacy bands, but for a lot of bands. I mean, I listen to tons of black metal and I don't know, black metal probably has more bloat than any other genre, to be honest, because there's there's people that just love to hear themselves riff for yeah. <laughs> for way too long. And it, it's yeah. just, you know, I mean, you get a cool sound and then you play it until it's not that enjoyable anymore. Um, or those but, intro tracks or, you know, the, mm-hmm. the 30 second tracks in between the songs like yeah um, if a, you know, we if can a black metal <laughs> if a black metal album starts with a three minute or, or four minute instrumental piece or starts out with somebody just shrieking immediately before the music's even begun yeah. I, I know exactly what i'm in for and yeah. it's probably not going to be a contender <laughs> <laughs> i definitely get that all right let's move on so what was your number eight uh so my number eight was moonlight sorcery horned lord of the thorned castle a lot of people put this higher on their list than I did. It, well, it's higher on mine. It's one of those magical albums we were talking about. Uh, Moonlight Sorcery has been around for a few years now. They've released several EPs. A couple of years ago when Stormkeep was really making a big splash in the black metal scene, they had an EP come out called Piercing Through the Frozen Eternity. And that was my first exposure to Moonlight Sorcery. And uh, I thought that thing was amazing, but I couldn't put it on my list because it was an EP and not an LP. Um, And typically I don't consider albums unless they're full, full albums. So I was really anticipating this release. And when it came out, I was pleasantly surprised at how good it is. Um, It's one that I spun throughout the year, kept going back to it. It's very high energy, almost as if uh, power metal meets black metal. Yeah. But it, it still stays true to the black metal sound. I, I can't say enough good things about the guitars it. on that album are so good. So damn good. Yeah, they really, really are. If you like black metal at all, uh, if you like melody in your black metal, this is a, a must listen just across the board. I don't really know what else I can say about it. <laughs> I mean, I have it up higher on my list and we could probably, I'll just talk about it now. But the thing that got me about this album is it hit me the same way the Stormkeep album hit me last year. Mm-hmm. You know how it, it kind of came out of nowhere. I wasn't familiar with Mutant Light Sorcery. And I just became addicted to this record. I mean, yep. it was, I, I just played it solid for like two, three weeks that would, it just would not leave my playlist. And, you know, I still spin it quite a bit. It's just fantastic record. Yeah. Uh, wh- where did it end up on your top 10? It ended up number three on mine. Wow. Yeah, yeah, so I mean, that doesn't surprise me. It's one of those that I could totally see being much higher or maybe a little bit lower than where I placed it. But uh, yeah. I've, I've seen it on a lot of lists and it, it definitely deserves to be there. So and such a great title, source, you know, horn, <laughs> horn lord, lord of the horn castle. castle. Try yeah. and say that five times fast, but <laughs> you know that that just screams black metal. And then if you see the album cover, it's like this is just all about black metal, isn't it? Yep, yep, I love it. All right, and so uh, on that note, let's hear a track from the album. This is going to be Moonlight Sorcery from the Horn Lord and the Thorn Castle, and the uh, song is to be called In Coldest Embrace.
man, what a track. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's a fantastic song. Fantastic yeah, it's one of, song. one of the best on the album, and the album's phenomenal. So uh, absolutely yeah. check it out if you like that kind of music. All right, well, let's keep things moving. Uh, what's your number seven, Christian? Well, actually, a little bit, you know, in the same vein as uh, Moonlight Sorcery, but my number seven was Cloak, Black Flame Eternal. Uh, it has a lot of the same things that Moonlight Sorcery has, you know, soaring guitars. You know, it has that more upbeat kind of feel to it. And I mean, I, I like the album so much. I I actually just received it, but I uh, nice. bought both of their other albums. Uh, their their first one and their second one, and now I have all three. And oddly enough, I found this this album. I was going up to uh, Minneapolis to uh, see Halloween, and uh, they have a record store there called Electric uh, Electric Fetus. Mm-hmm. Uh, great name for a record store. Uh, and happened to see it. In you know the, their uh, their new release section, I'm like, man, it'd be great if Des Moines actually had new release underground metal. That'd be awesome. And yeah. <laughs> so picked it up there, and it's probably been spun at least a dozen times on on the turntable. Uh, great record. Yeah. So Cloak was actually my number twelve this year. Um, again, by the thinnest of margins, it didn't make it into my top ten. But I've been a champion of this band since. I heard their first album in Venomous Deaths back in, I think it was 2017 or 2018. I've loved Cloak. I mean, they're doing black and roll, hard, satanic American metal, which there's not a lot of. Uh, I mean, you hear a lot of like this kind of black metal from overseas, but you don't hear a lot of it in America. And the fact that they're from Atlanta and, you know, they tour around the States all the time. I haven't gotten the opportunity to see them live yet, but I definitely want to at some point. So the next time they're in Texas, I will be hitting them up. Um, it's a, it's a great album. You can tell they're improving with each album they release, but cloak is one of those that I love their entire disc- discography. So, yeah. you know, Christian's right. Go back and check out their previous records as well. Cause they're just a great band all around. Yeah. And you, you know, there's a few of those black metal bands, especially from the U S that have kind of exploded. You know, I want to say, uh, you know, Netherbird is one of those, mm-hmm. uh, Uwada is another one. Yeah, I got the opportunity uh, to see you a while last year, and they were just yeah, they were as described <laughs> uh, yeah. the way the way my friend Dave talked about them. He said the first time he saw them, there was so much smoke that just appeared in the room, and then these figures just like appeared out of the the fog, played their entire set, and then vanished back into the fog without any kind of pomp or yeah. circumstance. And that's exactly what they did when I went and saw them with Garia. And holy shit, it was cool. I, I love Uwata. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I, would, I definitely need to see them live. It, it's just not a lot of black metal comes through Des Moines, Iowa. So yeah, I know it sucks. Sucks where you are. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It does. <laughs> Got to come down to I'm Houston. I'm so jealous else. about Houston. Jesus. Yeah. Well, come move down here, man. Find a job down here and move down here. <laughs> <laughs> if only it was that easy. Yeah, I know. All right. Well, let's move on. Uh, my number seven is the first of three French black metal bands that made it into my top ten. Um, what a crazy good year for that scene i mean french black metal has kind of been slowly working its way to the forefront of like the best black metal stuff for the last few years but i think this is the year where they finally can plant that flag and say yeah the best black metal music's coming out of france there's so much good stuff out of portugal there's so much good stuff out of germany so much good stuff out of even spain mexico like i'm hearing good stuff all around but france in particular holy shit i don't know what's in the water there but these guys love satan (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, yeah, they're, they're they're definitely on top of it. To me, they've Central Europe has really taken over that flag that you know Norway and Sweden had, and yeah. 
or Finland too. There's still good stuff um, coming out of there. I didn't mention them because yeah, I thought but, it went without saying, but yeah, they're, yeah, you know, they're, they're not measuring up these days. It doesn't seem yeah, like it, it's not even, and it's not even close. And that's kind of sad. It's yeah. kind of sad. But anyways, my first, uh, my first French album on my top 10 list is my number seven. It's Moonrike Amer. Um, so these guys were founded in 2018. They've been kind of hailed as the Gojira of black metal. Uh, which I think is kind of an apt description. There's a lot of progressive elements to their black metal. They also have a lot of uh, raw emotion in their in their albums. Um, Amer in mm-hmm. particular is just beginning to end. Like you can feel the passion of the vocalist as he's like going through these songs. Mm-hmm. And that in particular reminds me a lot of Gary, who I mentioned before, who I'm also a massive fan of. Um, Moonrike Amer was my most played album this year by a large margin. I probably listened to this thing 120 times. It's a deeply personal album for me. It, it checks all my boxes. And if the six albums that are ahead of it hadn't been so damn good, it would have ended up higher on my list. So if you enjoy that raw, emotional black metal style, this is one you got to hear. That's actually one that I have not heard. Yeah. A lot I of people have not heard that record. I'm not sure how it slipped under so many radars because it's just phenomenal, but you got to hear it. All right. So what about you, Christian? What is your next one? The number six for you. My number six is Inherits the Void. Speaking of, aren't they from France too? They are French, yes. And that's actually yeah. my number four. Um, the Impending Fall of Stars. Heard this really early on in the year and it just it, it just never left. And I mean, that's just a testament just to how good this record is. And again, one man project. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you know, I've talked to the guy a couple of times on Facebook. Oh, really? Um, yeah, he, he's pretty... He's pretty quick about answering questions on Facebook, mainly because I was trying so hard to get that record from Europe on vinyl. Mm-hmm. And uh, since he's a one man guy, he had to ship it himself. So, you know, I was talking to him through the whole thing. And even though, uh, you know, the album itself was like 28 bucks and shipping was 24. Uh, <laughs> it's it, worth it. Usually, it's- usually I won't go there, but this album was just too good to pass up. And, you know, I'm really glad that I bought it on vinyl. Yeah. If I listen to Moonrike's Amer over a hundred times, I listened to this one 95, you know, it was right there behind yeah. as my second most listened album of the year. Um, it was number four for me. Luckily I'm, and maybe you're the reason why he went ahead and updated his band camp with ways to order the album directly through there. So that's how I got my vinyl yeah. copy. <laughs> yeah. But, at first it was, it was only like I had to contact him and he was like, yeah, I've, I didn't think I was going to, but you know, like at first, uh, I don't think it it was originally set to have a vinyl release. Uh, but so many people were asking for it mm-hmm. that I, I think he went ahead and did it. I'm glad he did. I'm really happy I yeah. own a copy. And uh, yeah, I this think is, he only did 200 of them. Yeah, it was definitely a small run, so we're fortunate yeah. to have them. This is one of those that was kind of not exactly under the radar, but only people that were like into underground music knew about yeah. it. Yeah. Um, cause I've only seen it on a few end of your lists and like I've, I've talked to other musicians. Like I was talking to the singer of Kriegsgrave, uh, on a, on a Facebook post a few days ago. And he was, you know, he was like that album kicks ass. Uh, so, I mean, I, I know that it's being acknowledged by other underground artists, but it didn't quite make a lot of end of your list. Yeah. I kind of noticed that too. It, 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 it almost seemed like 
Uh, the only people that actually bought the vinyl were like friends of ours. And I think like, that happens a lot too. Cause like we, we listen to so much that we discover things and then we share it with our friends and inevitably it ends up on all of our friends end of your list. And then I don't see it anywhere else. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, it may just be like this real insular thing where we're only affecting the people that know about us, but I'm hoping that with harsh vocals and this podcast, we're going to be able to get the word out more for these smaller, you know, one man bands that are deserving yeah. of the attention because inherits the void and Triglav are both, kick-ass projects that people need to know about you know yeah and i mean that you know everybody and his brother knows metallica had an album come out this year Mm -hmm. no need to talk about metallica uh you know everybody knows pantera is on tour and they're half the crowd likes it half the crowd doesn't uh (laughs) i know all that but does pantera need me to push them no no uh but inherits the void yeah you should definitely check that out yeah and that's that's where i stand too so that was your number six my number four Uh, Let's go ahead and play a track from that album so that our listeners can hear what it's all about. So this is Inherits the Void off of their album, The Impending Fall of the Stars, and the name of the song is Palingenesis.
Yeah, I just I just love that man. It's so good. Yeah, it's it's a great record. I mean, all the way through. I mean, I, I don't think there's a weak song on that entire album. There isn't. There is not, and that's why it surpassed some of the albums that were in the second half of my top ten. Yeah. So yeah, great great stuff. All right, let's move on. That was your number six. My number six is Aodon Portraits. Another one I haven't heard. Third French black metal band on my top ten. Uh, you haven't heard this one, Christian? No, I have not. Oh my god. Uh, so it's Garia if Garia was more melodic. Oh, I would definitely be in on that. And maybe I have heard this. Uh, so it's it's was it was it near the end of the year? No, it was like April, I think. Oh well, I don't know. Yeah, I played this I'm, one. I'm probably thinking of something else. An absolute ton. It's a it's a really beautiful album. So it's a concept album about nine people, some of who are real, some of who are fictional. Um, they don't really distinguish about who is who, but it's about the downfall of all of these nine people. And so every single track is about, you know, the life journey that this person takes and like their eventual downfall. So every single song is full of like really, really high highs and really, really low lows. And there's a lot of unusual progression built in uh, with the melodies and with the black metal that just makes it such a unique album. Um, I've seen it on a few end of your lists. It's usually like in the top 50, but I, I can understand that this album is not for everybody because not everybody likes that raw emotion built into their music, but I do. It's that's my favorite, favorite kind of black metal. And so this just floored me the first time I heard it and I listened to it all nonstop all year. I was, I was addicted to this album the same way Christian was to, to Moonlight Sorcery. Um, I do think technically the, the few bands that are above it were better, but it's absolutely deserving of a top 10 spot. And as I've mentioned before, every single one of these placements is just, you know, a marginal difference between where any of them could have ended up. And like Christian said, they could switch on a daily basis. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, yeah. Aodon Portraits, it's an album that if you like that raw sound, you have to hear. It's so good. Uh, so moving on, number five, what was your f- number five, Christian? My number five is uh, another one man project. Only this guy actually is getting some serious push. Uh, I've seen his album all over into year list and it definitely made mine. It's hell ripper warlocks, grim and withered hags, man. This is just fun. It's just a fun record. I mean, this guy is, I have to see this band live. I mean, if he, if he could just, you know, get a package tour with maybe bewitcher and midnight and oh. all three of those. Oh my yeah, God. That three. would be such a great, all three of those are kind of similar. Same vein, yeah. Oh. Yeah. Oh my God. It would be so badass. Uh, I mean, he's a little bit more into the thrash metal mm-hmm. than, you know, Midnight is more of the that black and roll kind of thing, uh, along with Bewitcher. You know, they have that black and roll kind of sound. Uh, he's a little bit more into the thrash, uh, but man, he is talented. And, you know, I've seen a ton of interviews with this guy and just seems like an insanely nice guy and a huge, huge fan of metal in general. And, I mean, the interviews that I've seen where he's talking about like uh, some underground stuff that he's like, oh, man, you should hear this. And it, I'm pretty tapped into the underground. I've never heard of what the hell he's talking about. Like, <laughs> oh, I, don't know, I should check that out. We got to go deeper and, underground, Christian. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's like, well, where are you finding that? It's like, holy shit. No, but I, I, um, I think. Yeah, fantastic album. I think that's something I've noticed a lot, too, is that all of these underground musicians are all just like the nicest guys. Uh, every yeah. single one that I've talked yeah. to in person or interviewed with or, or read interviews about, 
they all seem just like really genuine fans of their particular genre and just music in general. And the few experiences that I've had live with any of these guys, they've always been very polite and very, you know, very personable, very personable and excited to, to just meet people and enjoy what they're doing. So, um, when I met Bewitcher, Holy crap. I mean, they, they were all about the fans. I mean, they were like taking picture upon picture and I mean, they were opening up. That's awesome. And so they only played a half an hour, but, uh, man, they, they sold quite a bit of merch. That yeah. night. Well, I mean, that's how it should be. I mean, their fans are there to support them. Their fans should buy stuff and then the band should, uh, allocate whatever time and energy they have left to their fans because yeah. you know, they're there for each other. So I just think it's cool. I think I love, I love, what the underground metal music scene is all about. It's, yep. it's totally different from anything else. And the people that are on the outside just don't understand. So, <laughs> yeah. Yep. Uh, and I actually, that album, the hell ripper album, I, I really dug it. Um, thrash is not one of my like top genres, but I do listen to it. And uh, hell ripper ended up being 32 on my list. So it just barely missed the cutoff for making my top 30. So it's, it's a very, very good album. Yep. Number five for me is another one that surprised me uh, by making it into my top 10 and let alone my, my top five uh, fires in the distance air, not meant for us. So they're really more of like a melodic doom metal band than anything else. And doom is usually way too slow for me. Uh, I like fast paced, intense stuff. Something about this album though, just grabbed me from the very first time I, he- I heard it and never let go. Uh, it's just a melodic masterpiece that, is full of emotion, maybe not in the vocals, but in the melodies. And I couldn't get enough of it throughout the year. This is another one that I ordered on vinyl almost immediately after hearing it. And, uh, it's just stuck with me throughout the year. So it's, I I have no issue saying that this is the best doom metal album of the year. In my opinion, it's, it's so good. And I'd be shocked if our listeners have not heard it at this point, because this one is on almost every end of the year list. Yeah. I mean, it, I liked it. It ended up being number 13 for me, and it's exactly from what you said. I, I'm not a big fan of Doom. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, the slower tempos. I'm just not a big fan of slower tempo music. But, yeah, this is a fantastic record, though. I mean, this is one you can you can just throw on the turntable, chill with a drink, and just sit there with the album artwork or whatever and just let it envelope you. Yeah, It's one of those kind of records. Like a super chill record to uh, sit back with. Completely agree. Next is number four. I already mentioned that mine was Inherits the Void. What's yours, Christian? Permutation Transients. This is a band that came out near the end of the year. And yeah, I, I mean, I really don't know what to say about this record. I mean, after the very first time I heard it, I was online ordering it, <laughs> uh, ordering it on vinyl. And I mean, even bought the bought a t-shirt which i normally don't do yeah um and you know i had to again had to get it from europe so it was uh, i I don't know if they made a mistake at the time but shipping was only like seven bucks uh which is unheard of i think they use a i think they use a broker to ship because mine was the same price but i ordered i ordered the uh vinyl and shirt combo as well which again i don't usually buy shirts but same impact here the first time i heard it i was like wow this is something truly special yeah. I'm buying it, you know, and, and I'm just astonished that I have not seen anybody else talk about this album. I haven't seen it on any of your yeah. list. I haven't seen any reviews for the album. I haven't seen anything. And the production level on it is just extremely high level. It's, it's really, oh, yeah. really well mastered. Perfect. Such a, a perfect sounding 
technical album. I, I, I don't I don't really know what else to say about it. It was my number three. Uh, it, it just blew me away from the get go. And, uh, you know, I'm, I hope that this podcast and our new site brings some exposure to these guys because they seem like super genuine, nice guys too. Yeah. They wrote me like a thank you letter when they sent me my stuff, which was cool. And then they even checked out my comics that I do on the side. So I mean, what can I say? Yeah. <laughs> so like we were talking about before we got to support each other. Um, yep. so I, I hope that more people check out permutation. Um, and actually let's, let's play a track from them right now. So people can check them out. So yep. this is permutation off their album transience. And the song name is a feast for crows.
yeah, just so fucking good, man. The guitars <laughs> and that so so good. <laughs> uh, this is their debut album, and maybe it's really hard to get traction with a debut album, but I don't think I've heard a debut album that was this good yeah. in ages. So I mean, this definitely sounds like an album from a black metal band that is maybe on their fourth or fifth album, uh, yeah, you know, in, in their level of writing and, you know, especially way ahead of the, curve. yeah. Especially if you consider the, uh, you know, w- one of the biggest issues I always have with underground black metal is if it has poor production and this production mm-hmm. is perfect. I mean, there is, uh, everything sounds great. Yeah. Completely agree. And that's why it's my number three. And that's why it was your number yep. four. <laughs> So what about you? What's your number three then? Uh, my number three is actually the Moonlight Sorcery album. So we already talked about that. Okay. So we can move on. Yeah, I forgot. <laughs> it's all good. <laughs> all right. What about number two then? Uh, my number two is Insomnium, Anno sixteen ninety six. This this album w- was kind of difficult for me because I listened to it a lot. I mean, a real lot. And when it first came out, I was fully addicted to this. I I loved every fuck every fucking minute of it and you know as more stuff came out it started to get pushed further and further back Mm -hmm. but when i go back and i take a look at you know how many times i listen to this record i have to give it props you know it was just that good and uh i mean if you're looking for some you know melodic death metal it really doesn't get a whole lot better than insomnium i mean such a great band uh another band that i don't think they have a weak album Oh, I don't know about that. They did that one that was full of clean singing. I I, I was not a fan of that. <laughs> uh, yeah, I guess so. Uh, I mean, it didn't bother me that much, but well, you you like uh, a, a I, more I variety than I do. <laughs> yeah. So like, I love Insomnium. I've been a fan of Insomnium since like In the Halls of Awaiting, you know, way back then. And some of their albums, I think, are just absolute masterpieces. But the last couple just haven't grabbed me the way that the old ones did. Um, especially this one, like I gave it three or four listens and it just never, never got its claws in me. So it, it didn't even make my top 50, which is kind of shocking for an insomnia album. Cause I've been a fan for such a long time, but this one just couldn't, I couldn't connect with. I'm not sure why. Yeah. For, for some odd reason, it hit me pretty hard. Uh, and I, I liked it almost immediately. And, you know, I actually saw them live before I even knew who the hell they were. Oh, wow. Um, <laughs> yeah, they, they were actually, they were on tour with Oceans of Slumber, and they actually, back then, I wasn't even sure who the hell Oceans of Slumber were. Uh, like, hey, why not? Yeah. I uh, went to the show and was thoroughly impressed with both. And matter of fact, I, I think I still have a clip of Insomnium on my phone somewhere. That's cool. Uh, doing a song. Yeah. Yeah, they're a, a bucket list band for me. I mean, I know they were in Houston a couple times, but every time they've been here, there's been some kind of major conflict, and I haven't been able to go. So I'm... Um, crossing my fingers that one day they'll make it back and I'll be able to see them. And maybe they'll, maybe if I'm really lucky, they'll do like winter's gate all the way through or something. <laughs> <laughs> Fantastic band live too. Yeah, I can imagine. I can imagine. All right. Well, uh, my number two was the worst name band of the best of lists <laughs> for this year. And that's Sato misery, Sato misery, Sato misery, however you want to pronounce it. So, I mean, their, their name has been mocked on every review site, from here to Norway. Uh, (laughs) But there's no mocking the music. Um, This album is a phenomenal technical melodic death metal album with some blackened influences. I heard these guys for the first time back in 2020 when they released their album, The Great Demise. And that album had a lot of 
really great sections on it and a couple of fantastic songs, but there was a lot of bloat. There was something there though. And I knew it. Like as soon as I, I heard some of those masterpiece sections, I was just like, wow, I can't wait to see what these guys do next. And they did not disappoint. When Maseroth came out, uh, it was an album I was excited about. And then I finally heard it and I was just floored at how much they imp- had improved between their first release and this one, because in some ways it almost doesn't even sound like the same band, but in other ways it's just same, it just sounds like the same band that's totally expanded their sound and gotten rid of all the bloat. It's such a phenomenal album and one that everybody who likes death metal even a little bit should check out. I'll have to give it another shot because it didn't really grab me, but I mean, it, again, you and I listen to so much music. Mm-hmm. Like if it's like not an instant kind of grab kind of thing, uh, it might get lost in the shuffle. Yeah, I and mean, that's just, that's the hard part too, is because sometimes the best albums are the ones that take four or five listens to really yeah. fully appreciate. One of my favorite albums of all time, Behemoth the Satanist. The first time I heard it, I didn't get it. And I was, I was working on my end of the year list for that year. So many people kept saying how good it was. So I just kept listening to it. And after like the fourth or fifth playthrough, it clicked for me. And I probably listened to that album more than anything for the last... 15 years <laughs> it's that album actually took me a solid year before i was like oh shit this is really good <laughs> i mean it's it's the masterpiece in my opinion it's the best black metal album of the 2000 to 2010 era oh it's easily his best easily yeah. his best. yeah it's definitely the best behemoth album but you know the, the problem with listening to so much music is that sometimes my fear at least is that something like that is going to slip through the cracks uh, because we give things one listen and then sort of make a determination whether we want to continue listening to it or not. And, you know, when you have 45 more albums behind the one you just heard, if it doesn't grab you immediately, sometimes you just push it aside and forget about it yep. until the end of the year when somebody else says it's good. <laughs> yep. And but, that's happened to me. But uh, Sodom, Misery, Maseroth, um, it, it definitely could be one of those that might take you a couple of listens to really appreciate it. So you should go back and give it another shot, Christian. I definitely will. And uh, for all the listeners at home, let's go ahead and play a track from that album so you guys can make a decision whether you like it or not on your own. Uh, So this is going to be Sodom Misery from the album Maseroth. This is the song Maseroth.
And we're back. What do you think, Christian? Pretty good. Well, you got to give give the whole album a shot. Yeah, but, I'll have to give. You know, I'm glad shot. glad you like the one track at least. <laughs> All right, and now we get to the drum roll. Best album of the year, 2023. Christian, I'll let you go first. What was your number one pick All right, of the year? Um, I can't necessarily say this is the best album to come out this year, but it's hands down the one that I had the best time listening to. Mm-hmm. Full disclosure here, my favorite genre is thrash. That's, you know, from the 1980s on, Metallica and Megadeth and Slayer and, you know, the Big Four and all that, Forbidden, Violence, everything coming out of, you know, the Bay Area and then everything coming out of Europe with Sodom and Creator and, you know, Destruction. It, man, if you, if you'd have met 18-year-old me, that <laughs> I, I was all about that all the time. Yeah. And this band, Angelus Apatrita, out of Spain. Uh, the album Aftermath. If you're like me and you're one of those 50-year-old dudes that remember the fond days of back when Metallica was a thrash band and back when uh, you know Slayer and all these bands ruled the, the entire metal landscape, this album fits right in with all of that. This band is so insanely good. And they have thrash metal down to a science. Their last two albums have been in my top five. I mean, last year, I think uh, their last album, self-titled, was number three. Yeah, that sounds um, right. I remember you talking about them then. You know, it, even even Sean, the Metal Pigeon, was raving about how good their last album was. And, you know, for somebody that's, you know, as into power metal as he is, it kind of says something how much he liked that record. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, th- this one here, it's a little bit more melodic than their last album. There's uh, there's definitely signs of them. Th- like I-, I like to say it's um, the-, the best parts of Metallica mixed with Practice What You Preach era Testament uh, because it has some, uh, the melody that they bring in to the songs is just really, really well done. And it wasn't an instant love like their last album was for me, but as it went along, th- it just kept getting better and better. And again, uh, another album with no weak songs. Uh, th- that whole album's fantastic. And it is hands down uh, the most amount of joy I actually had, you know, listening to uh, music this year was that album. I love that album. Awesome. Well, thrash is not really my favorite genre, but I do dabble from here, here and there. And uh, I, you know, I remember you talking about them last year. I checked out the album last year and I enjoyed that. This one I have not had a chance to listen to yet, but I will give it a shot after the show. Uh, I, I think you might have a little bit of problems with the, with the amount of melody that they put into this because they also try and, uh, I guess for a thrash band, try and sing clean, uh, uh, okay. as clean as a thrash band can sound, but uh, to me it works. So, you know, it's not like you're sitting there. Oh Jesus. Uh, <laughs> not like that. But, well, I can't, uh, I can't promise anything because clean vocals yeah. either work for me or they don't, but I will, I'll at least give it a shot and I can promise that. So, <laughs> all right. So this is uh Ancelis Apatrita from the album aftermath. And the song name is Guernica. Yeah. 
Okay, well, we've reached the end. Um, all this left is my number one, which uh, was a late release in 2023. This one came out early November. Uh, it's another one that I fell in love with immediately, and it's another French black metal band, Shock Shock. Uh, <laughs> this is the, the first album of theirs that I've actually heard. The band name is Penitence Honorique, and the name of the album is Nature Morte. Um, so it's atmospheric black metal, lots of melody throughout uh this is their third album very very tight songwriting um through all three because i did go back and listen to their previous stuff um this is their best for sure but every single song has minimal bloat all the melodies and and flow of the songs have a purpose it's actually a concept album which i didn't realize until i was prepping for the show but it's based off of the philosophies of Rene gerard's and his thoughts on human desire so the whole album is specifically about human desire I don't really know what they're singing about in the songs because a lot of it's in French, uh, but I still connected with it in a very powerful way. So yeah, this is a band that I've seen on a few end of your lists um, in the black metal community, but not so much in the larger metal community as a whole. Um, I think it's one that's kind of in that middle ground where the underground people know about it, but not everybody. Definitely one that I highly, highly recommend. And it's been on repeat pretty much nonstop since the first time I heard it. 
So I, I just can't give enough praise to this album. Totally deserving of my number one spot. Easily the best atmospheric black metal album to come out this year, in my opinion. And there was a lot of really good stuff. So uh, we're going to play one more track from, from this album, but we're going to do it at the very end of the show. So before we get to there, is there any honorable mentions that you wanted to talk about, Christian? Um, I would say uh, for me, uh, the, uh, the new Nervosa album, uh, another thrash metal album. I was a huge fan of their last one, and this one here, uh, I didn't listen to it right away uh, because, you know, they've had some lineup changes. They mm-hmm. seem to have a lot of lineup changes. And, you know, like the drummer's gone, the singer's gone, you know, it, it's like, okay. So I kind of avoided it at first, but it's actually really damn good. Uh, I, I think it might actually be better than their last album. Of course, I have Fires in the Distance on there, King on there, uh, a band that, I haven't seen hardly anybody talk about. I was raving about them earlier in the year. They're a black metal band from Belarus called Siemra or Kiemra, C-I-E-M-R-A. The Tread of Darkness. Fantastic record. And I mean, hella nice guys too. I I talked to them a couple of times to try and get the vinyl. And uh, I'm definitely super interested to see what they do next because this album was fantastic you know when i first heard it uh, but it, it's another one of those that kind of faded as other stuff came out it just got pushed down yeah it just it, it lacked staying power a little bit for me yeah but I, I completely agree with you like there's so much potential in this band i'm really excited to see what their next album holds because if they progress just a little bit they're going to be it, in that sweet spot yeah i could see them doing the you know the the moonlight sorcery you know kind of move or cloak mm-hmm. move where you know all of a sudden they're just like holy shit you know, and that's yeah. the other one that I have that I that I'd probably want to mention is Four Token. I think they're out of uh, Carolina somewhere, South Carolina, maybe. Yeah, um, they're a U.S. band for sure. Yeah, and their version of that uh, Gothenburg melodic black metal kind of or melodic death metal kind of sound is really really good. But again, another one that got pushed back. I bought that album on vinyl um, while all the winter sales were going on. Cause it was, it's just one of those that like, it may not have been one of my favorites, but it's one that I feel like I'll wait a year and then spin it. Yeah. And I'll be like, Oh shit, this is great. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I, I, I want to revisit I have once a, in a while. I have a couple of those from last year that, you know, like if I were to redo my list from last year, they would definitely move up. Yeah. Same here. Uh, the lists are always capable of being changed. It's dependent on mood. It's dependent on, you know, a lot of things. As I mentioned before, my top 30 has already been posted on the site. Um, you can go and see what landed in number 11 through 30 if you want. But even outside of that, there's a few albums I wanted to uh, give props to. So it's somewhere between December 15th and now, uh, I got into like a real classic death metal kind of vibe. And I was listening to like old Cannibal Corpse and stuff like that. And then I started listening to old Cattle Decapitation. And then I went back and revisited Terracite. And I don't think I really gave Terracite a fair shot through the year. Um, it's uh, just a fantastic album. I mean, I don't really need to give these guys any props because every other metal blog is giving them props, but Terracite is one that maybe should have made my top 30 and didn't. Um, it's just such a good album. Same thing with Tomb Mold. Really enjoyed the new Tomb Mold album. Uh, Majesties is a Gothenburg style sounding album that has a little bit of production issues, which is why I think it didn't make my top 30. Um, I saw Sean mention it on his end of year list. Uh, the metal pigeon. He has a blog as well. You could search for if you want to check that out, but majesties is very much like in flames. If the vocals were pushed all the way to the back behind the music, like old in flames, that's what they sound like. 
And I love the music. I just wish the mixing was a little bit better. If it had been, it definitely would have made my list. Um, they're another one that I'm waiting to see, you know, what the next album is going to be like. Uh, and then there's a band called Strayhor, which is a one-man product out of Slovakia, I believe, that I found in one of my black metal groups who put out an LP at the end of 2023, like December 28th or something, that's just absolutely killer. Uh, it's S-T-R-A-H-O-R. So if you're looking for something great that is really off the beaten path you haven't heard before, it's on Spotify. Give it a listen. I'm expecting really great things from their next album, too. And then lastly is an EP, which I don't you know, normally put in my end of your list, but I'm going to give honorable mention because this one's so good. And it's called Blow Demand in the Nightside Eclipse. B-L-O-E-D-M-A-N-N. Um, if you like Moonlight Sorcery, you will absolutely love that EP. So did I say in the it's castle inside the eclipse? I said the wrong thing. Sorry. Uh, anyways, <laughs> I was going to say uh, it's they, on Spotify as well. They, they took the emperor name. <laughs> I, I've got emperor on the mind. I don't know what's going on. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, uh, castle inside the eclipse blow to man. Uh, it's a, a cool album cover. It's like a red castle inside of an eclipse. Great, great songwriting, very melodic black metal in the same vein as moonlight sorcery or storm keep. Definitely check that out. Um, I'm expecting great things from them in the future. Quick question for you. What sure. did you think of the horrendous album? Oh, it was number 14 for me, I think. Oh, all right. All right. 15. I'm sorry. It was number 15 right behind frozen Dawn. Yeah. Because uh, horrendous made my, a little further down the list. It, it definitely made mine, you know, along with that cattle decapitation album, both of them fantastic death. Yeah. metal. I mean, easily the two best death metal albums come out this year. Yeah. I'd agree with that. Horrendous just killed it. I mean, that album, anybody from any subgenre group, should be able to enjoy because there's a little bit of everything built into it. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's, it's just so good, but again, you can only pick 10, so <laughs> it's yeah. kind of hard, <laughs> but anyways, uh, that's going to wrap us up for our end of the year lists. Um, I am going to play one final track for you to close out the show. And that's going to be penitence on a nature morte. And the song that I'm going to be playing is called less Memonites or lay Memonites. If I'm French, uh, so I hope you guys enjoy that. Check those guys out. Um, can't go wrong. They were my number one. So I give them high praise, obviously. And uh, we'll be back with another episode very soon. The next episode is going to be more of a standard formatted show. It's not always going to be this long. Usually the shows will be about an hour or so. But just wanted to make sure we covered everything about 2023 because there was so much to talk about. So I appreciate you guys tuning in. Christian, you have any last words for our listeners? Uh, just bang your head. Enjoy that music. That's what we do. <laughs> All right. We'll, we'll be back soon, guys. Bye. Bye.